If you like your extreme metal in Spanish, head down to the Park Theatre on June 12th to see Mexican metal band Brujeria, along with Canadian punk legends Dayglo Abortions, Insight, and local suburban hypocrites. This week's episode of Witch Please Radio is brought to you by Fourth Quarter Records. It's a Winnipeg-based label and recording studio home to 3Pete, as well as Eggs Solo Projects and Charlie Feta. You can find their merchandise, including the awesome new 3Pete hoodies, online at fourthquarterrecords.com. And if you haven't seen these things, uh, you should definitely check them out. I mean, a lot of local artists are wearing them right now, and it's very cool to see the support uh, from across genres. Uh, as soon as those 3Pete hoodies came out, I've been seeing all kinds of people posting on social media, and it's, you know, people in rock bands, electronic music, uh, soul music, whatever. They're all sort of supporting the 3Pete gear. So there's definitely uh, a lot of love and support for 3Pete within the local music community at large, and it's very cool to see. You're listening to Garbage Show, Winnipeg's first podcast network. Welcome to another unorthodox recording of Witch Police Radio. I am Ryan, let's go with, and my co-host is with me. Tony, hi. And we are sitting down uh, cheers with... Cheers to the air for those who can't see it at all. <laughs> one half of Slow Steady. Correct? Right. All right. The slow part. This, okay, the slow part, not the steady. Um, so if I will just start with the basic Witch Police format of just give us your names and what you do. I'm Dylan James, and I play guitar and sing. Ooh, Dylan James. Yeah, two first names. Two first names. Can't trust that guy. Mm. Like Billy Bob. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm Dylan James Billy Bob? That is <laughs> four first names. I have three first Impressive. names. Dylan Paul James. Oh, that's my full name. You can, like, re- you can re- rearrange them. You can say it any way you like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. I just start calling you Paul. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paulie. 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 Paul James. Alka Paulie. Alka Paulie. Alka Paulie. All right. <laughs> Anyways. Capaldi's right. Um, yeah, we're right on track so far. This is going to be great. Uh, I'm Marty Lafeña, and I uh, play bass. All right. Awesome. Um, Tony and I, were, <laughs> we're not very good at this. So on the way here, we were kind of discussing a, a, a game plan. And uh, I we're, thought, yeah, we're somewhat. Chris Liberator on the way Okay, first of all, Liberator's in the building, and that is an inside <laughs> joke, so there's no need to bring it up. Um, so what we figured we'd start with, um, between the two of you, obviously... Uh, there's a lot of history going back into the music scene yeah. uh, in Winnipeg, uh, presumably Winnipeg, but it, there might be something else. I don't know you guys that well. So I thought we would just start off by touching base kind of of past projects and, you know, your your footing of where you came from to get to Slow Steady. Yeah, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I figured we did. the time. We did talk about that in the car. You, you, you okay, uh, so I started playing, I started playing bass in a band called Public Fallout. That was in, I was about 14, 14, 15 years old. Uh, it was me, uh, Daniel Kelsey, Devin Mimko, and Jeff Roden. Uh, Daniel Kelsey, he plays in Stick Around. Jeff Roden, he didn't do anything after that. I think that was his only band. And then uh, Devin Mimko, he went to play on with a few bands, actually. Um, Living in Red, he played with, with our friend Joel. Oh, really? yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that was the... That was the first band I played in public follow. We played community centers and Valley Gardens. We played those Deer Lodge community club shows. All right. uh, it was like 12 bands on a Saturday. The show would run from, you know, two to nine. And there was like a ton of bands playing. Like two and a half minute changeovers. It was crazy, yeah. It would be so just like a set of drums would be up there with some amps. And yeah, it was Switch right. over, yeah. yeah. At 15, we all, we didn't have enough equipment for everybody to bring their own. Yeah. between 12 bands, someone had a setup. Yeah. It was it was crazy, and those were a lot of fun because they were all day, so you get to hang out with the bands all day, like in the parking lot, just hang out. And then after that, public followed, and then oh, then um, I, the band started the exception. That was me, Daniel Kelsey, and Cam Wilgosh. Uh, I played drums in that band, and what happened was public followed jammed at my parents' place, and so when. We weren't jamming. I would play Jeff's drums that he had. Right? Sorry, Jeff, if you're ever listening to this. And, uh, <laughs> drummers are particular about that knew, shit. I'm not yeah. sure if you knew how much I was playing his drums, but uh, <laughs> I was playing his drums and like learning stuff and just like having fun by myself. And I guess I don't know. I got decent at it. and I really enjoyed it. 
and then Daniel and Cam and I, we were all good friends, and Cam started to play guitar, and uh, Daniel played bass. So we started a three-piece band, just like pop punk, we like learned some covers first, and then we started learning, and then we started writing songs. And we, yeah, we played a battle of bands, we played at the, the Collective, we came in second, I remember. These yeah. are pretty much That's all a ways the back there, for, dude. Yeah, yeah all yeah. the format I remember for the 17, 18-year-olds. Yeah, so yeah. that was, yeah, maybe 16, 17 then. And, uh, yeah, we played, you know, Collective still, like the Hemp Rock Cafe. We, oh, that um, basement. Yeah, the basement, exactly. We played upstairs and the basement. I'm super surprised that we, there was never, like, a fire and that, like, everybody didn't die at the end. Right? Just, uh, like, that was the end of, hectic of, of half of the Winnipeg scene. Just, like, a, some, like, the old guys upstairs just getting stoned. He drops his doobie. He's like, oh, what the fuck? And everybody like, burns? We have, this whole, <laughs> we have this hole under the building and there's, like, a pirate ladder to get down there. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Like, yeah, I remember we yeah. played a show there. Actually, Public Follow played a show there. It was, our, uh, it was one of our last shows. And there was people up the stairs, and the basement was packed, and the PA was just like, just almost falling over. It was so it was one of the best shows because it's so packed. People are like dancing and moshing, and you're just like it, it, the energy's insane. That's the best shows to play. Yeah, no, it was absolutely amazing. Like just being up there, and you're that young, and kids are like dancing to your stuff and knocking shit over and partying. It's awesome. It usually requires a bunch of kids there to be. Party and rocking, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's all the old people that just stand there staring at you. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So, was, so that was like prime time. So that was really fun. Um, yeah, the exception. Then I played, and then I joined the Afterbeat. Ah, yes. There yeah. we go. There, now yeah. We're somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. shout out to everybody listening because you were all in the Afterbeat. I'm certain it's <laughs> every some person in the city. Yeah. Even if you don't, if you weren't in a band. Somehow you are credited for being in the Afterbeat. Correct. So Except it, for the Budweiser commercial after beat. That's different. That was different. Yeah, you don't yeah, get any of that money. No, so you, don't, you don't get no Bud money. <laughs> Bud money, yeah. Um, yeah, that band, and I, we did, I, well, the cool thing with that band is because I joined when I was about 17, 18, and I worked with Mike at Moxie's, and he knew I was a musician, and we, we talked and chatted, and uh, he needed a drummer, so I went and jammed with him for a little bit, and had lots of fun, and I learned a lot from that band because I learned like you know the ska drumming and I learned a lot about reggae and uh, I was hanging out with a little bit of an older crowd which is fine but you know Graham Riddle and Leif Gobey and um, uh, Dennis and uh, Dennis is Sol- a little bit of an older crowd Dennis is the older crowd yeah so Dennis and Mike and myself so going playing the Albert and a bunch of other cool places um, I met a lot of good people you said you met Graham Riddle but you also said you met good people Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Graham. Another, love you, buddy. Another category, yeah. Um, but that, that band was really cool because on my graduating night, I was 18, and uh, the after party, we were all hanging out. Uh, I had to leave early because I was leaving for tour, like, bright and early. So I remember like, I felt so cool at the graduation party because I was like, I was saying goodbye to some people. They're like, oh, man, you're leaving already? I'm like, yeah, I got to get up for tour. My band's hitting the road tomorrow. They're like, oh, man, it's so cool. And so I, like... Having being able to do that, and especially having a dad that did that for years and years and years and tour the country and everything, he pushed me to do that. Like he's like, you have a chance to go on tour, like you have to do that do it. because it's yeah. the best. Like, like yeah, there's no other. Like, like parents are like okay with you touring, that they're never like, no, you should definitely go do this. That's what I mean. That's yeah, why no, it was kind of unique. My dad, like a lot of people, are like you're going on tour, like what are you gonna do? Like you just gonna like party and like whatever. My dad's like, no, you, it's the best. Like you have to do, you have to tour. Like you have a chance to do that, go. So I did that, which was really fun. We toured all of, like, toured out east. We toured out west. We went on a really cool tour with Bedouin Sound Clash. Yeah, right, right. Stomp. Stomp. Yeah, yeah it, that Stomp was connection. wild, man. I was, 18, yeah. I was 18 years old, and I was playing in front of like 1,100, 1,200 people at some of these huge theaters. And I was like, it was a feeling like I've never had before. So that was another great opportunity with that band. And then after that... I played a band called No More Heroes, oh, which was um, a really fast, kind of techy, hardcore band. And then I, when I joined that band, it was Andrew Free, Braden Wilkes, Colin McCullough, Patrick LaRoche, and myself. And uh, it felt a lot better because I started to play with guys my age again, right? And so I was kind of in that crowd, and I was like, oh, this feels better. And I went to school with Andrew and Braden. And it just felt more at home, and it felt better. So I left the afterbeat, and I started uh, just with No More Heroes. That was my only band I was in. 
and uh, that was a lot. That was a really fun band to be in. We it was super fast. My my drumming got a lot better because I was you know using double kick now, and I again I learned a lot of stuff in that band. And that band was like a lot of fun to be in. We jammed a ton. We jammed three times a week, and we actually had a house that we stayed at and a lot. So we go there Friday night, like have dinner together, barbecue, then go downstairs and jam, sleep over, wake up at ten o'clock in the morning, jam again, and we were writing some really cool music. So I did that for a few years, and then after No More Heroes, oh man, Danger Cat. Yeah, I guess it was Danger Cat. Yeah, because after No More Heroes, I left. I I went to Australia for oh, ten months or so, and then I came back. The land of snakes and spiders. Yeah, I saw plenty. Uh, so when I, got, when I got back... You got a map, yeah. It says it's Australia, land of snakes and spiders. It says, yeah, I, know, yeah, I, I read this. Yeah. very small. Yeah, I don't know if you've got a map. No, no, <laughs> no. no maps. Okay. What's a map? Uh, what map? Many, many maps. <laughs> There's tons of maps. I mean, I, I want to get a globe. I want one of those globe bars. So you open up and it's got, it's the, got the drinks in, there. in it. Yeah. 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 Well, Whoa. I don't know what would be in mine, but there'd be something for sure. Like a cat. Cool. You're going to keep a couple beers in there for me. Like, just, a, just a cat living in there? Yeah. A cat with ice? Yes. Cat? With like, cat on ice. Yeah, cat on ice. Anyway. That's pretty cool. Ice cat. Ice cat. Ice cats. <laughs> Australian ice cats. You got to watch out for them. <laughs> In the New South Wales region. They are indigenous <laughs> to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Oddly enough, Ice Cat, Danger Cat. That's right, yeah. So Perfect. Nice segue. Nice transition. Keith, I believe, messaged me and knew I was a drummer and he was wondering what I was doing. And so I practiced with Danger Cat for a while and joined that band, which was, I don't know, I don't know. Four year, three years, or something like that. Maybe I can't remember exactly how long, but you got you got on the first recording, right? Yeah, I was yeah. on where, uh, where I'll be. Yeah, and uh, that but that that was a t- ton of fun to be in. Like we we toured again with the, I toured again with those guys, and uh, Keith and Romer, both like solid dudes. I love those guys. I see them. I still say hi. And we still you know talk whenever we can. Whoa, the fuck? Yeah, I heard that, that was the, the dude. The cat. Anyway, yeah, really? Oh, snoring Then I left, I left that band, and then I I guess that's... Jeez, I'm losing my... Distances. Distances, yeah. Oh, you know, my like, God, it's so crazy. Why, are, why is your memory getting yeah, worse? Yeah, no, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's great. You could rattle off shit in high school like that, but you get the six, <laughs> six months you don't have a clue. Uh, then, yeah, after Danger Cat, then Distances, uh, that, was, that was one of the best bands I've ever been in, because we did a lot, and the shows were great. Playing with DJ and Flo and Matt Halleck and it was so crazy. Like it's uh, and then later Zach, uh, Nick was in the Nick Herzog was in the band when I first joined and then Zach played for a little bit and then Flo left and then Shane played a few shows. Uh, yeah, we, we we went to Vancouver. We we recorded with uh, Stu McKillop at Rain City Recording, which was a ton of fun out there for two weeks just recording and hanging out and. It was cool because I was the singer, so I was I did everything last. So I was able to experience everything beforehand, and you know, put in a good word or like you know, uh, put in some suggestions or just hear the whole process, which was cool because I was drumming for so long. So I would do the drumming and just kind of sit back and right. just let the guys yeah. do their thing. Or if you're like a real drummer, you just leave the studio and like call me when it's mixed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was always wondering like I'll be there early, and I love hanging out and like just being part of it because yeah. I. I love doing that stuff. Um, yeah, we played a ton of shows. We played, you know, playing that sold-out show at the Park Theater for our CD release was one of the best shows that ever played. That was a banger, that show. That was yeah, crazy. because that show, being on stage as a singer, you know, going to hardcore shows and listening to hardcore and, you know, doing all that, uh, experiencing kids jumping on stage and, like, running in front of you and jumping right off stage or grabbing the mic, like, you can go and right down to the crowd and like they can sing the songs with you it's a feeling like it was unbelievable it was ex- I couldn't even, can't even explain it so that was a really cool experience and now after that that kind of yeah distances kind of just fizzled off it just didn't it didn't have a good feeling when flow left it just couldn't get that momentum again so Braden and I who've been friends forever and Braden's kind of like the guy who I you know, blend really well with music. You know, he's the guy where I, we, go, we had a, a live show. I th- where were we? I think it was Protest the Hero or some show at the uh, Garrick. And we're watching the show. And whenever something happened, 
that's so subtle that's like a little thing either it'd be a drum or like a little pause or something that's really tight me and him would like look at each other every time like you heard that right like that was crazy and we would know exactly what yeah. we're talking about so me and brain got together and we wrote some songs a few a couple years ago now we had these some of these songs for a while and we just sat around writing some songs and trying some stuff out and we knew Maddie, since he was in distances and distance, distances wasn't doing too much, we asked Maddie if he wanted to ever jam with us, just the three of us, even though we didn't have a bass player, we're like, do you want to just roll some ideas out? And he was interested. So we went out to Selkirk, we jammed with Maddie a few times and just hung out and the vibe was really good. And we were trying to think of bass players. And we thought of a few, but we you know, we thought of Marty. But we knew Marty was in a few other projects. A few. Yeah. <laughs> Mar- Mar- Marty, Marty's been playing every show that there is. Uh, you know, he, he had a Lone Wolf and uh, Clipwing, and uh, he's in Gold Mountain at the time. So he, he, we knew he was busy, but we really just wanted to jam with somebody just to hear the songs full. Even though we, if we're like, hey man, you are you interested in jamming with us and hanging out? We're not asking you to join, but because we know you're busy. So Marty's like, yeah, I'll come jam for uh, whenever you guys want, and if I'm if I'm free, I'll come jam. We're like, okay, perfect. So we tried to make a we made a schedule, and Marty came down, jammed with us for a little while, and he really liked the tunes we were writing. And I I can't remember how that worked, but did we just ask you straight up, or did you even show interest? Like, hey, like, would you want? To, I can't remember how that even. Worked. I, I don't know. We just like kept jamming more yeah <laughs> it was like an official conversation oh okay i thought like, see i thought there was i thought we were actually like, like do you no, actually want to like i and like my my bands were like ebbing and flowing a little bit right mm-hmm. so it's when i had more time like we got to get into it a little bit more and yeah now here we are yeah so that it, it was it worked out really well because we knew how talented marty was and when he was playing some of the, the songs on bass and adding what he could add on the bass of the songs we were like man like it's already gelling really well and so we, and we, we, we've all known Marty for a while and, and, and because of the scene, so we, he ended up just being in the band and that's kind of how it happened, which is really cool because we're, we're still doing it and we're still writing songs together. It's, it's, it's cool because these are songs that, it's a kind of, kind of a different genre a little bit. It's not heavy. It's not fast. It's slow it's, and steady. Uh, right. Ah! <laughs> I got high fives through that one. I forced them, but I still got them. Uh, that's genuine. Still got it. So if if I go into my history as detailed as that, we're gonna be here. Yeah. No, that's the yeah. Well, that's, yeah. The, uh, that's the end of the I show. I know what detail you want. <laughs> like that, that was the show. No. Uh, thanks for coming out, guys. Yeah, we can take as long as we fucking want. Sam's not uh, fucking here. Actually, Sam encourages long shows, so you know. Okay. Maybe he does. I don't know. Okay, Sam, well, if you're listening to this, I didn't know. I didn't know what detailed you wanted. <laughs> We're gonna we take can a start while over. On this one, we all feel start very, over. We all feel very comfortable, and I got three energy drinks.
and now a brief history of punk rock in <laughs> <laughs> over the last 15 years. Well, I mean, years. yeah, I mean. Um, well, okay, but I, I can, it'd probably be easier to rattle off bands I've been in. Uh, um, uh, first band was Elroy. Uh, I played in a hardcore band with some guys from Aim for My Head. Uh, I was called Day One. And then I started Minority Justice League with like Charlie Hackler and stuff like that. Charlie Hackler, Chuck um, Hags. Yeah, so that would have, we we were renting his basement to jam, and he heard the tunes and liked it, and so he joined on bass. And then the music changed to Charlie because he's like a nut job musician. Yeah, this fucking uh, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was that was by far one of the most interesting musical experiences of my life, right there. So that band kind of went on for a while. Uh, joined High Five Drive at some point. Uh, oh right, yeah. Toured fifty thousand times. Um, somewhere near the end of High Five Drive, I, uh, joined, started playing in a stone rock band called Profit. Um, we went on... Oh, shit, I forgot about Profit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then sometime with Profit, I also started playing in Gold Mountain, uh, ended up playing in Lone Wolf with, like, Ian Lodowicks and, uh, Joel, obviously. Then, uh, I started... <laughs> obviously Joel. Started Clipwing, that was with the guys from High Five Drive, and with Randy Frickus, who's uh, super rad, uh, and then eventually we changed drummers, and uh, Joel started playing with us in Clipwing as well. Because Joel doesn't play in enough bands either. Yeah, no. all musical prostitutes, uh, and then somewhere in the interim I've done like stints with other random bands, I've filled in for Asado, I did studio work for Larrikin, I guess, I played bass, keyboards, and guitar in Rasta Mills at some point collectively. But not um, all at once. Uh, no, that would have been good though. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> that that like that band was fucking crazy. Um, if I could go yeah. off on a tangent for a second, please. Um, I didn't like ever rehearse guitar with them, but like Franklin's like a pretty like fast and loose kind of dude when it comes to like, but, like he just kind of deals with whatever the situation brings up. And one day the guitar player wasn't showing up for a gig at the Pyramid. He couldn't get a hold of him, and so he just like called me. He's like, "Hey, can you come fill on guitar?" And I was like, "I don't know any of the songs." Like that like, night? Yeah. Oh, like, like with an hour's notice. <laughs> He's like, it's fine, it's just solos. And like, <laughs> <laughs> What's okay. worse, like, learn these chords or just play solos? Like, like, in an hour. Yeah, like, and, and like, he's got a penchant for, like, he would just let it flow, right? So, like, the, the crowd's singing, and he's like, one more time. And then he'd do that eight or ten more times, and the song would loop. So, like, you'd be caught and, like, just keep making shit. It was really good practice. That's um, true. That's true. And, like, I should add that I had learned the song with a bass, so I had a sense of the song structure, at least. But, like, yeah. So, uh, anyways, well, all of that. Sense. Um, and then I do have a good anecdote, actually. So, like, um, uh, I always, like, I remember the first time I saw Distances play. Uh, it was, like, soon after we had started Clipwing, and, like, our first show with Clipwing, our release, we had, like, Union Stockyards. Or, uh, that was our, our, st- our album. That was your release. release. Your first show. Our first show, yeah. Um, so, anyways, like, we, we had, like, a bit of momentum going, and it was, like, felt pretty good, and sounds pretty good, and then I saw Distances playing, and I was like, this is so good. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Simultaneously happy that we had like more good bands coming up, and also like, God damn it, this is going to be hard to compete with. <laughs> well, that's um, the problem. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm stoked with all these good bands, but they could just be a little less good. Yeah, yeah. you guys just like suck it up a bit so that I don't feel so inferior. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. after the, after their set, you're like, hey man, yeah, good set, and they walk away like, God, fuck those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was flipping you off. <laughs> um, but no, legitimately, like, I yeah, love Dylan's voice, and it was, um, I love the band, and like to the point that I. Um, and Dylan and I played in a fucking Blink-182 cover band for a couple of weeks at one point that never actually played a show. This was like years ago when yeah. we were just practicing. So I always wanted to play in a band with Dylan. Um, and I'll say that I always play, wanted to play in a band with Brayden, but technically he wanted to play in a band with me because like one time I'm standing on the corner of Osborne and River. And he screamed at you from the bus? Yeah. I want to play in a band with you. From his car. Hey, stay right there, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Jam, tunes were good. Decided I could wedge it into my schedule somehow, and uh, here we are. 
Cool. Yeah. Okay, well, that took up 21 minutes and 53 seconds, I've got to say. I'm pretty I didn't, I didn't, fucking impressed with my line of questioning thus far. <laughs> that was one fucking question. I'm going to be mindful of my answer. Yes. <laughs> keep it up. Yes, um, it was fun. <laughs> Next question. Um, I don't recall. <laughs> All right, no now, now, now I'm going to play Fast and Loose, but I also... Uh, the phrase fast and loose, I think if anybody ever makes a documentary, it should be called Fast and Loose, the story is slow steady. Because, um, <laughs> because when you said Franklin plays a kind of fast and loose, that's the first thing that snapped for me. So, uh, you it. know, it's also halfway through my second energy drink. So, we'll see. <laughs> only going to get better. Folks. We'll see what it's we have to say afterwards. Um, I guess, I mean, obviously, uh, our, our scene is large and encompassing, but at the same time, as we just pretty much went through, uh, there are a lot of members of the same bands are kind of flowing in and out of everybody else's bands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of experience and scene has been positive for you guys, one would assume, right? For sure. The, like the entire in- encountering of it. I mean, despite having to share stages with shitheads like Tony, you know, <laughs> where... <laughs> we have fun, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do have fun. Yeah. Um, but does it ever get complicated? Is I, I don't know if that's a, a straightforward question or not. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. To, to get complicated with to, to play with people that have been right, in like other po- bands and everything, or or bands that you've been in, like right, like like, like post breakup blues kind of thing, or like does that ever is that ever a thing that comes up or anything you ever worry about? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a the huge positive side to it is that like there's so many great musicians to play with and like people are pretty willing to like you know we're all on the same playing field so. There's no lack of, like, people if you want to start a band or, like, explore something creatively, which right. is super rad. Um, in terms of, like, breakup, like, I've had I've had stuff where it's been, like, kind of sour and it's lasted a while, but, like, most things are usually amicable. Like, the people that are total shitheads and can't handle the fact that, they, like, you can't play in a band with them anymore or usually don't play in bands for very long. Uh, you know, the people that keep recycling are mostly pretty chill. Um, yeah, I think I can understand that. Because, <laughs> like, it's, you know, like, where it gets around, like, because of that tight-knit community, because we share people, if you, like, you know, if we're like, hey, man, we're not going to play in this band anymore, and then you, like, shit on my doorstep, like, that story is going to get around, and, like, people aren't going to want you to play in the band. Right? I feel like there might be a story behind somebody shitting uh, on your doorstep, because I got a shit on somebody's doorstep story. Uh, <laughs> Go right ahead. No, no, I, that was I, the entire I, story, pretty much. Somebody <laughs> shit on somebody's doorstep once. No, we dumped a bag of uh, the garbage bag full of cat litter on the fucking gym steps. What? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> the old Rosebury house. That's that, that's a shit in the doorstep, sorry. Like fresh new cat litter? <laughs> yeah. Like we, how much cat litter money did we have no, in no, 1999? No, 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 no. It was the old cat, cat, litter. cat litter of drawer. It was like a, it was like a garbage bag full of like the cleaned out cat litter. So it was just cat piss and cat shit. Oh we, man. Yeah, these guys were doing fucking wind sprints in the back lane. We couldn't drive down the back lane. They were using our alley. Alley is like for like a workout area. And they wouldn't get out of the way when you're trying to go park your car. So then we took the cat litter and dumped it on the fucking front steps of the gym. Like, Fuck you guys. So don't be in a band with Tony because he will put cat shit on your I will do that to anybody in any of my bands. <laughs> just get out of the music with me. I'll put cat shit on your way when I'm driving down the lane, man. What's what's the name for that? There's got to be a name for the act of dumping used cat litter yeah. on something. Totally Who's gonna dump fresh cat litter? I'm gonna waste fresh cat litter. What, man? We didn't have a made cat fucking litter money? budget at that point. You want a Rockefeller? You guys, you guys have a cat litter budget? Like, yeah. for not, not for... Totally I, 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 I have money. a cat. I got, like, four bags of cat litter at all times in my pocket. You got, his family's in the cat litter game. Oh, really? Yeah, it started in France back in 64, but it's moved over here. <laughs> kind of, you know, Canadianized as, as, as the wine market became more lucrative, they moved away from cat litter. Right, well, yeah. you, they're growing yeah. cat litter. It turns out, it tastes like piss. So, um, uh, I didn't know your family was Purina. <laughs> Purian? Um, Okay. So earlier, before we hit record, uh, we were kind of discussing the process of the show, and we got into uh, songs you have recorded, which at some point will be peppered throughout this interview. Um, You said two. Yeah. You guys have been playing for together for like a year. Yeah, maybe like a year and a half. Yeah, something Um, like that. Yeah, we we recorded two songs like here actually at this house. and like we we have a bunch of other material, but it's basically been like uh, we want to wait till we've got like something amassed and like right. yeah, I don't know. Right. We really want to make sure the songs can like can mature. You know, there's a, we've having been in that many bands. You know, like 
writing something that a song can transform the more you play it, um, especially if you get a chance to like tour it or just like play a lot of shows and there are just benefits to recording stuff early, but I think bigger benefits to like letting a song really like flesh out. Yeah, I think because there's these are songs the style of these songs are styles that I've not I haven't really written before because some of our new songs are a little slower. They're a little um, like a little more intricate, intricate at times, like guitar, guitar wise. And me, I'm, my background isn't guitar really, so like trying to write things, it, it's gonna it takes me a little longer. But uh, because these aren't you know three chords and like really fast kind of shorter songs, they're a little more yeah like intricate, I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure what another word for it is, but so I think that's why some of these songs are taking a little longer. We want to make them really something, really something special. Yeah. So and plus like the way we're singing these songs too, like we have three part harmonies that we're trying to write and really nail down in practice. So that's another part that we really work on as yeah. well. Like if we have jams where we're working on harmonies for, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes where we just want to make sure we're getting these part and we'll do the part over and over again and over and over again and really make sure it's nailed in our heads. So that the nerds in the crowd will really appreciate <laughs> that. Like, like it's, it's if you guys were watching <laughs> yourselves, right? Because uh, <laughs> we all know how much people pay attention to that shit. Yeah. Um, but when we're jamming, we're like, fuck, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah it, feels, it feels good. Yeah. But any, so any sort of projected timeline, or it's just kind of when you guys feel comfortable to do it, you're going to do it. I mean, obviously you have the means to do it. Actually, yeah. you know what? Now, um, we didn't tell Marty this because me and Bray were just talking Ooh. the other day. Mm. Ooh, scandal! Because <laughs> me and Bray were just talking the other day together. We're, um, I think we were watching the Jets game or something like that. And me and Bray were like, well, you know what we should do? Maybe we should get together next jam. And we're going like, to try, like, you know, try and map out a little something for the next you know, either year or something like that. And be like, hey, like, what, could, what do we want to get done in the year? Do we want to try and like, record like, another EP? Or do we want to like, you know, try and do another video? Do we want to try and nail down like a little short little tour like you know do we like try and set a bit of a, a checklist and maybe work at some stuff and that way we have some deadlines we want to keep so i think uh for a deadline for new tunes uh, yeah i'm not really sure but we've we've definitely had some ideas of of like uh some of our new songs to try and do a music video for it like uh or just try and yeah cause we, if we wanted to record here it'll be really easy we can get bang some of these songs are pretty quick right hopefully get them sounding like we want mm. yeah the um I think Next, I, we have like you know five six seven songs that were sorry more than that probably that we can record yeah. I bet our drummer is pushing for us to do a full length but I think our next thing was like we're at least going to do some live performance videos of the songs um that are maybe like a bit uh toned down like acoustic sort of uh like live videos or sessions or mm -hmm. something like that because we want to get the music out there but like you know with the way the industry is nowadays like once, once whatever you have it is, uh, rewind. Once, once whatever you're gonna put out is out, then your your deadline starts, right? Like you're you're like you're on an album cycle, so to speak. Right. Like, granted, like the local scene and like and punk rock especially is not like doesn't follow a lot of those norms, but there's still a timeline. Like when you drop a release, it's like there's only so long until it's no longer relevant, and like that's reflected in even like show opportunities uh, with like Manitoba music and all those kinds of things. It's like I have to have a release within X amount of time. So all that to say that um, we're looking at like maybe alternative content in a build up to a, a release because you know there's once once it drops then get the content out there but not the full experience of it right like yeah like it, so the, people you're, you're drumming up interest and hype right like yeah we're we're still I mean having been around a year and a half it's only two songs in a video like we have made an impact but you know it takes time like you I mean how do you how do you guys want to release it like on what good question. Um, it's always a fun one, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't really only like releasing things on vinyl now because it's a cool, tangible thing and people are just going to listen to it on Spotify anyway. It's so fucking cool, like, right? It's so I only like buying expensive, wax though. Like, it, it is. It God is. damn it. It's, yeah, it's every time I want to, you know, every time a stalker does anything, we're like, okay, how are we going to release it? It's like, we're just going to put it on the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? We, well, and, like, the digital is still going to be your biggest hit, right? It's just yeah. that, like... At a certain point, people like vinyl, but you still need to like to turn over the amount of units. Like I've done records with with Clipwing twice now, and I have them in boxes in my basement. I'm like not ashamed to say that. Like we've sold a lot of records, but physical copies in person, like you either need to be touring a shit ton or like selling them through a distributor or something. Otherwise, you're just gonna have them. You know, like, that's that's just, it. that's just it, right? If you're playing Winnipeg local shows and you got and you have to get 
250 records pressed, or even 100. You're not going to sell 100 records in one well, 100, year. 100 is low. Like most, most yeah. plants is minimum 500. And where, uh, and where the hell are you going to sell out here, right? Well, exactly, <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of nuts. So like, and there's, well, I don't know. There's, there, I know there's been like a couple of like pressing plants in places like uh, Vinyl Boy and stuff in Calgary that like came and went. And there were like people trying to do small batch vinyl yeah. pressing. There's a new yeah. joint that opened up. Isn't there one that just opened up in Quebec? I wanted to say uh, it was Ontario. Yeah, I think, Ontario? Might, I think you might be right, yeah. But, and, like, people, because, like, this equipment is hard to come by, and, like, it feels like when one place closes, somebody just buys, up buys it up stock. Yeah, it goes to... It's just yeah. gone through shit, so, um, but, yeah, I'll have to say that, like, vinyl would be what I would want. I don't know, like, what, we haven't really talked about it. So. Well, I mean, it's... it's you really don't have a whole. There's not a whole lot of options on the table anymore, right? It's vinyl or vinyl or, or online. Then that's pretty much the a lot. Of, a lot of people have seen. I mean, not a lot, but I guess like a, a few, I've seen a few people releasing cassettes. Cassettes are coming back really, really heavy. Yeah, yeah. I, is are they really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, as I think it's kind of a niche market for certain genres. Yeah, but, I mean, like I know uh, a guy in the city, Charlie Feta. He the uh, yeah, the rapper, yeah. Like he just he's, he's releasing a new yeah uh, him uh, and Crabskull. Yeah, yeah, and I've listened to those songs too, and they're like fucking killer actually they're awesome I actually caught him uh, live for the first time like three weeks ago never seen him before always heard his name and I was kind of like eh the dude's fucking like he's on point I know yeah I messaged him a few times and I'm like dude like this stuff's crazy like I'm a really big hip hop fan I really appreciate the stuff he's putting out it's really cool and he's putting out a cassette and it's like oh man like Charlie's doing it like some of the hardcore bands are doing it too and I've seen him at punk shows I'm like cassettes? yeah really? it's crazy we didn't put it out but that dude that in that record label, like yeah. Hidden Home Records, he 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 hit us up. He's like, one release stuff like our stuff on cassette, like yeah, and Stalkers did that. Yeah, sure. It's yeah, okay, we'll take of, cassettes. I'm getting <laughs> a digital download to people, but still a something physical to bring home. It's and it's thing, small, yeah. it's easy to make, and it's it's easy to well, carry home yeah. too. Yeah, and she's right. You can buy like yeah, you can buy them from anywhere. Like nobody's I don't know, but like the, the dubbing of it, that part is what blows my mind. Like okay, so I'm on the same fucking wavelength like tape. So I was like, why? Um, Monty hit us up for a coupling and he's like, I want to put this out on tape. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll cross that off the list. If you want to do it, like, let's do it. And whatever, whatever people want to buy. But then he, I remember he was like actually dubbing the songs on there. I'm like, why are you doing that? He's like, well, they're tapes. I'm like, who the fuck has a tape deck? Like, and doesn't it sound like ass? Like, <laughs> like, I just, I just want to say like, did this guy, gotta sound like shit. This right? guy like, didn't do that demo. He's actually getting cassettes made. Like he was like, well, they got him done like at a factory. Yeah, yeah, like and, and and they 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 ours came like two different splatter color things. Yeah, like, one yeah. of them like all blue splatter, one was green. It's like you can get all kinds of sort of customized shit now. I mean, it's cheap to make those things. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. some uh, place in Germany did uh, cassettes for distances. Actually, he yeah he contacted us like, hey, do you guys want to? Wanted me to make a couple cassettes for the thing. Flo, I can make you some cassettes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think I think Flo reached out. That is. So yeah, I think he reached out, but I think he said it's like an orange one, a black one, a white. So they all different colors. So it was really cool. Yeah. And we actually we sold a few of them, which was really neat. I don't know if it's specifically a band thing. It was like because you're in the band, like want to make your cassettes. Cool man, like you want to get on yeah. eight track too. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I, will, I will take that. Fuck, I would kill for anybody I know is banned on 8-track. So How I'm righteous would that be? You wouldn't crazy. be able to play the thing. No, not at all. Just, just to fucking have it? I give away my fucking million dollar idea that's probably not worth anything. Is You could probably buy those 8-track cases like in bulk somewhere for like however amount of you were listening to that big like, yeah, yeah. cartridges, right? So like you wouldn't do actual 8-track because literally nobody has 8-track. Yeah. You say nobody has cassette players, somebody has a cassette player, nobody's got a fucking 8-track player. Um, but buy a bunch of those ones and like print out actual nice labels for it and then like have it like hinge it open and just put like a USB key or something with your friggin with your album in it. Uh, so like you do all the 8-tracks but use it as a case. Yeah. yeah clever. Yeah. Clever. Nice. Right? If you can actually Patent find pending. Patent pending. Patent <laughs> Can't believe you let it. A convicted criminal near my own fucking studio. I'm going to track down the fucking listener stats for this podcast. <laughs> it's like three people, so yeah. it won't be that difficult. We're doomed. I've never listened to uh, the podcast uh, that I've been on. No? No. 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 I follow the shit. That would be a nightmare. <laughs> um, okay. Now I feel... Um, what's coming up for you guys? We've talked about the past. Good question. We've we kind of hit the present. In June? We have, we have a show in June. June? You do June. have a show in June, don't you? Yeah. Uh, Are you on June? show? I think it's our show that we put together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ron and Ash contacted us. Yeah, June 1st at the Goodwill. Ah. The Goodwill. Is it first or second? 
first, I believe. Because I think, it, we think it went from May 30th. You should 30th probably and then fucking No, 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 there was some... I was going to say, like, this is awesome. The two people, or the people here in the two bands. That yeah, I believe it's just the first. Okay, yeah, we got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I knew that. I was just saying if you guys knew that because I'm fucking Tony. So now we all know. Pretty boy. Hey, I popped my collar. You guys couldn't see. Hey, hey, you think I hurt myself if I jumped off this balcony? Step off, George. Oh, Tony, no. Anyway, June off the crust. June. All right, June first at the Goodville. Now I'm stuck talking like the Germans. But nothing up until then. We've we've gotten a few offers, and we've collectively as a band just said, you know, let's focus on finishing these songs that we have going right now rather than you know having a show in like a month and going hey let's let's get the set going again and make sure it's tight we've just said i think we've had three or four shows that we've been like like we're getting these show off like god like okay we we, we appreciate them like a, a bunch because we love playing shows but yeah i think fucking we turned out iron fucking chic that was yeah. Yeah. right exactly yeah, yeah that, was, <laughs> that was that was a, that was a really wicked show to be on so i think up until June 1st, we're, we're just focusing on writing and just getting ideas and, you know, either for, like, new music, finishing the music, or well, we kind of make it a game plan or kind of thing. We've kind of added a lot of, like, um, we've added a lot of elements, like, Maddie uses a sample pad, and I've got, like, main stage and a keyboard, and, like, wanted to add a lot of those things to, like, make it, like, a real, you know, it's going to sound cheesy as fuck, an experience, but, like, that's kind of the idea, right? Like, do something to make it beef up the show. Yeah, that, that's um, another thing I was saying. Th- that takes, band. like, a tremendous amount of practice to not fuck up every goddamn time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, it's hard enough to keep a band on, on the rails when you've got, like, fucking just guitars, bass, vocals, and drums, but then, like, introduce a click track and two different instruments, pr- like, producing samples, and things just get, like, they can go haywire really fast, so... Yeah, so um, then it's, that's why I was saying earlier, like, this is a band that we've never really been in before, like, trying new things, and, you know, like, like Marty said, samples and all that kind of stuff, so it's it, like it, it takes a little longer to get some of these like, songs you know. ready, and then when you put them into a live show and you have transitions, you're, like, hitting the sample here, and Maddie, like, make sure you come on this beat, and... It's, it's all trying to sync it up perfectly. Shout out to our drummer, Maddie, who is in Florida and is also the only drummer I ever met who actually wants to play with the Click Live. I fucking love you. Yeah. Florida <laughs> in that February? That's got to be a fucking nightmare. Uh, who wouldn't want to be in Winnipeg in February? I, that's yeah, I mean, madness. Like normally sweaty anyways. It's <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that knows Matt Halleck, you know, uh, you know what you're in for? Yeah. My first memories of Matt Halleck are of him hugging me after a poor moral show and he was wearing nothing but fucking... No. Real, nothing. Real, like 70s jogger shorts. Oh, yeah. yeah like nothing ones. but a cock ring. Yeah. Poor uh, moral. Maybe that Poor moral. Poor, yeah. Poor Hi, moral. Jared. I know you're not listening. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, no, wait, so, so we, okay. Um, 100% not listening to this Okay, so June 1st, June 1st to Goodwill. June 1st to Goodwill. What's going on at the Goodwill on June 1st? Bands are playing. Okay. Good. We can totally get the date down. I don't know if we know what the other bands are. What are the other bands? Who knows? Uh, we got a poster yet? Alright, you know what? I, b- I believe if... if you know, call, if, you keep, we, if you keep I, talking I get, at the I, moment, I, I get Nash totally. on the speakerphone right now. Let's <laughs> talk about it. I poor Nash on the speakerphone. He's high. I know he's high. <laughs> Union, yeah, Union Stockyard, Slow Steady. Uh, I believe. Si- <laughs> I, believe silent, yeah. I believe Silent Kit. Silent Kit. Silent Kit. Okay. Yeah. Friends yeah. of the show. And Nick. And Nick. Oh, Dyson. I think. Oh, Was yeah. That right. Was that right? I mean, I he's a, he is a person. Yes. He is a fantastic person at that. Right now. Right now. As of now, the bottom the speaker, right definitely say well, it. Put it on the speaker then. Don't uh, fucking exclude everybody. Get the speaker close to the speaker. All right, this is we're going to the phone. Phone in gas. Phone in gas. Boner. There's a patient's killing me. This is amazing. No, you see how I answer the phone. Who calls? Don't somebody? answer the goddamn phone, man. Come on. Fucking phone. Ten bucks says he texts you after. This. Hey, it's Ryan. Yeah, and he says, uh, "Why the fuck would you leave that me? message?" Okay. At the tone, please record your message. <laughs> we're going to totally leave Hey, uh, this is which police? Uh, this is which police? Uh, we were trying to, uh, uh, we were trying to, uh determine. Determine. Who's all playing the show in June? Ryan Nash, who's all playing the show in June? So if you wouldn't mind calling back before we're done the interview. Please call us back. Which you're uh, currently on. On the radio. Uh, that would be great. Which is the internet. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> All right, so anyway, that one kind of sizzled. Uh, anyway, Ryan Natchez and Natchez Phone.com is uh, the newest uh, site you can go to. 
to uh, check out Ryan Nash not answering his phone. Um, okay, so we got the show in June. His phone is not on the site. That's the problem. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> is wrong numbers. One of them's not even seven digits long. It's fucked up. It's um, all letters. So, okay, I'm glad the show's in June, though, because at least... Ryan Nash, <laughs> <laughs> Just keep typing Ryan Nash into the phone. It won't work. Try screaming, spitting, swearing? <laughs> Ryan's trying to get us back on track here. We're just... <laughs> Too late. This is going much better than I had anticipated, so... I gotta say something about sobriety, I guess. All right, well, uh, if people were listening to this and heard you guys talking about your band for the first time, let's say, because fucking crazy to me, but if they did, where can they find your information? Uh, they can follow us on uh, Instagram, uh, Slow Steady Band, uh, Facebook, the same, uh, same address... Uh, Slow City Band and uh, our Bandcamp. Uh, I believe Bandcamp is 2018 Spotify. Yeah, Ap- Spotify. yeah, oh, Ap- oh, Apple, Mu- Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp. You can do us, uh, listen to us on that. Follow us on your shit. Like, comment, all that crap. It's hard to get those things up. So if you use that shit, yeah, we try to use Instagram as much as we can and let people know what's going on. So please follow us on there and. We always post some too so sweet stuff. So um, you do put sweet stuff on there. Two songs. <laughs> He's the only one that's good. So two songs. Bandcamp. Music video. We have two music videos. You can go uh, look those up on YouTube. We have a, a slow, steady band. I believe is on YouTube. Like our official page. You can look us up. We have the songs some. are Look Ma, First Try, and Night Burn, which is about herpes. Yeah. Ah, there yeah. you go. <clears throat> Classic story of Winnipeg love. <laughs> it is. Love, it's a love story. <laughs> yeah, we have we have videos for each of the songs we have released, so yeah, please check those out if you can. All right, excellent. Uh, if you would care to hear more episodes of this show that probably do not involve uh, Tony or myself, you can go to uh, uh, the World Wide Web, which is www in shorthand uh, dot witchpolice. Uh, com, I presume. I don't know the actual address. So that's you're, getting on me, you're getting on me and whatnot. No, you're playing some show in fucking June. Fuck, okay, it. I'll get to that in a second. I will just be a moment. If you Google witch police, we're literally the only thing that comes up besides like an old article of people hunting witches in Africa. So nice. that's a thing we're you can that. do as well. We're on. Um, <laughs> we might be that. We're on. Uh, we're, we're on. Uh, U- I mean, I'm not be. I don't want to go around telling people we aren't. UMFM uh, Sunday nights at midnight. Oh, kind of give uh, shows shows a, 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 a revamping. They're they're I think about three months behind. I'm pretty sure that's the right radio station because last time I fucked it up. So let's <laughs> say check your college radio stations at midnight mm-hmm. because college radio is good for people in college um, <laughs> and knowledge. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Correct. That's Tony, do you have anything to plug besides a, a, a remarkable question mark show? Show that we're June? playing in June. Is that your next show? Uh, no, no, no. We're playing oh, with uh, Idiot yeah. Fingers Louie. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell people how you sold that show out? I didn't sell out. I didn't sell out. Shit, Yeah, 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 me. So if you don't have tickets, call Tony or Ryan Nash. Go to www.ryannashdoesnatureshome.ca or www.iwantogotoidiotfingerslouie.com. And Tony will put you on the list. Tony loves putting people on the list. Yeah, it's what he for. Yeah, there's a big long list of people who aren't going to get in the door. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a small venue. Yeah, April 15th, I think that shows. Yeah. Holy shit, that's coming up it's soon. You should be up. jamming. Nah. 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 Fast and loose, not slow and steady. <laughs> Fast and loose. <laughs> punk rock, man. Come on. Yeah. Don't worry, they'll all be drunk you anyway. Be, you should be practicing less. That's incredible, man. I didn't, I, the, the crazy thing is that I saw Rise Against is, is on tour like just after 80 Fingers Louie. Yeah. Which is, is crazy because are they not the same band? Well, no. Well, there's the members. Music? Yeah. One person. Right? Mr. Perfect. One guy. Oh, shit. Yeah. The Rassler? No. Oh. No, no, no. He's not in the band anymore. Oh, okay. It's Ric Flair now. It's John Cena. Nature Boy. <laughs> uh, modern day wrestling joke. Okay, with that, uh, we're going to say goodbye to one half of uh, the Slow Steady. I've been uh, Stupid Tony Loudmouth. I've been uh, Ryan, uh, not the Ryan who doesn't answer his phone, but the Ryan who uh, still doesn't answer his phone. Like an asshole. Yes. Yeah. Asshole talking. So, <laughs> Marty Dillon, I'd like to thank you guys for being on the show. Thanks you guys are great. All right. Good. Uh, good. Bye. <laughs> Have you ever left off where you started? Have you ever given up on
but I'll leave it up to you. 